What is up, everybody? Matt Swifty Perry with the Leader Swift Podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest, one of my close friends and mentor in ministry, Caleb Kaltenbach. Caleb has written many books, including his newest one, Messy Truth. And so we're going to jump in and talk about some leadership from his newest book, Messy Truth. So we're going to jump into this conversation with Caleb Kaltenbach. What is up, everybody? I'm here with my good friend and one of my mentors, Caleb Kaltenbach. How is it going today, Caleb? Hey, it's going better now that I'm with you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, how is everything going in L.A.? I, I miss Southern California, especially L.A. How are things going? Um, Things are going pretty good. Things are beginning to open up, and, I mean, people seem to be uh, – having a good time, uh, having new experiences, you know, as opposed to last summer. And, um, it, it it's great. So, um, uh, in, in the sense that I think people are, are beginning to live life again. So that's good. That's awesome. Caleb, why don't you tell, um, I know some people are familiar with you. You've, I mean, you are all around speaking, traveling, you're on tons of different people's podcasts. You're an author, a pastor, you do so much. Uh, but for the people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about you and your leadership journey. Yeah. Um, I'm originally from Kansas city, Missouri and Columbia, but, uh, my parents divorced when I was two and my dad stayed in Columbia. My mom, uh, moved to Kansas City, and both my parents uh, went into same-sex relationships. My dad had several different friends, never a monogamous partner, but my mom went into a 22-year relationship with a, uh, a woman named Vera, who was a psychologist. They were together until Vera died from cancer, and um, uh, they were activists. I grew up going with them to clubs and bars and campouts and pride parades and uh, activist events, and uh, just saw the ugliness of some uh, who claim to be Christian, but they're more uh, extremist, cultural, fundamentalist, you know, God hates everyone. Um, and, and so I, as a kid, I learned real quick um, just from seeing all that. And I thought that all Christians were like that. I, I believe that, man, if I, if I ended up, you know, becoming a Christian, I can't do that because they're hateful because if Christians are this bad, I can't imagine how awful Jesus is. And, I joined a Bible study to learn how to disprove the Bible at the age of 16. I became a Christian, um, you know, and I, I came to two conclusions I still hold today, that God designed sexual intimacy and affection to be expressed in a marriage between one man and one woman, but also that a th theological conviction is never a catalyst to devalue another human being. And when I came out as a Christian at the age of 16 to my three activist gay parents, they kicked me out um, of the house. Eventually, they let me back in. I went to Bible college, um, became a pastor, and uh, when I was the senior pastor of a church in, LA, in Dallas, Texas, they moved down there to be closer to our family, uh, started attending church, even though they knew what I believed, and at the ages of 69 and 70, both of them gave their lives to Jesus. That's incredible, and I never get tired of hearing that story because it is, it's one of my favorite stories of just redemption in, in God's grace. And you write about this in, in your book, Messy Grace, which is one of my favorite books. I remember when I first read it. This is like when we first met. I think that was 2015, right, when that came out? Yes, yes, October 2015. I literally read that entire book in one sitting. Like, 
that's rare for me with ADHD, but read it in one sitting, incredible <laughs> book. Um, and you've been pastoring and you've been doing so much consulting with churches when it comes to uh, this topic, which has been so helpful for me. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, I um, am one of the many pastors on staff at Shepherd Church in Los Angeles um, in the northwest San Fernando Valley area. But I also, uh, besides writing, lead a ministry called the Messy Grace Group. And what I do is I help churches and schools and ministries, but especially churches, develop systems and processes that will um, honor their doctrine and their values, but at the same time, uh, create space for LGBTQ people to attend because people find and follow Jesus uh, better together than by themselves. Uh, it's community that can really shape us and our identity and really help us. So that that's what I do. And I didn't know if there was a, be a big need for it, and there was. So that's what I spend my time doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and Caleb, you have a brand new book coming out uh, called Messy Truth. Messy Truth. You want to give our people just a little bit about Messy Truth. Yeah, I'd love to, man. So Messy Grace, uh, my first book, which has a lot of my story in it, uh, also stories about Jesus and just, I think, some you know universal principles that, that we should apply. Um, basically, that book was all about a Christian's relationship with individual LGBTQ friends and family that they care about. Messy Truth definitely emphasizes truth, but it is about um, how to foster community with LGBTQ friends and family, how to help them get plugged into Christ-centered, redemptive um, communities. And so, you know, when somebody reads this book, they're going to, you know, find out that when our convictions and our um, compassion and our conversations that we need to have, when those all collide, it makes us feel like truth is messy. And so they're going to find a lot of encouragement and support for their biblical convictions, not just about sexuality, but also about loving people and belonging. Um, they're going to find a lot of encouragement to be more empathetic in comparison to God as being the most empathetic being in existence. And then the last third of the book is just dedicated to how do you have difficult conversations without destroying people? How do you have truth conversations without shaming people? Um, because even though God does leverage guilt in everybody's life, and that's not a place where he wants us to stay, obviously. He wants us to surrender that at the cross and the resurrection, but um, God never works through shame. And a lot of the times, Christians will unintentionally shame people when they have such conversations. And so I, I'm like, man, we got to spend a good part of the book just talking about that, because so much of our life is played out within the context of our relationships. That's so good, and I think for just so many leaders listening, that last part you really hit on is is a hard thing. How do we have messy conversations with people, whether you work and run a business or in ministry, on staff, or whatever whatever job or, or whatever you lead, you have to have messy conversations at times. That's just a part of leadership. Um, what are some ways that people can have messy conversations? I know there's times where I have conversations and I get the butterflies in my stomach and, and that whole thing. But what are some ways that we can have these conversations? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go through a, a, a few points. Um, there's a whole lot more that I say in the book, but some of the things that I try to hit on, on the, in the book are um, ideas like, uh, you know, obviously pray about it. And I don't want to say that that's a given because there are a lot of people who don't and they should. 
that's number one. But number two is you have to be empathetic because if you don't know what that person is going through, what that person, who that person is, how they're interpreting things, what they've experienced, it's hard to have difficult conversations with people, especially when you don't know how they may take it um, because you need to prepare ahead of time. You know, you need to plan out what do I need to say. I think when it comes to difficult conversations, people get emotional. So it's better to have like one goal per conversation and maybe two, but mainly one and then have a beginning and an end, you know, to the conversation. I think that's extremely important. Um, and then, you know, there are other things I share in there, like, you know, kind of outline the conversation. These, This is not something that you bring with you, like you don't bring your notes with you or anything like that, but you do it ahead of time so you can have it in your head. So you have a beginning and an end and you're intentional about what you say, about how long it is, about where you meet, that kind of thing. Because um, again, like for instance, if you're not intentional about when or where you have a difficult conversation, if you have it at nighttime when people are more emotional and people you know, usually are getting more tired, um, that conversation could last for hours and it could go wrong directions and people are speaking more from their emotions than they are from logic. And so I, I try to share things like that. And then even how do you evaluate afterwards? What does that look like? How do you evaluate how you did? So uh, because you want to do better for Jesus. So um, yeah. those are some things I would say. That is so good. Most people, even myself, I don't think I just kind of like go in knowing in my head what I want to say. And you just go into that conversation ready to take the punches or ready. I mean, the right way to do it right is to this is the end result we want to get to now through this conversation. How do we get there? But that's so good to think of a plan and to make points and to pray about it and to spend time prepping for the conversation. I know yeah, for me and to have a, leader, a beginning and an end. Yeah, for me to have a, leader, a beginning and an end because if it goes forever, I mean, they're going to forget your point. Yeah, for me as a leader, I don't necessarily think through it like that, and I think that helps so much in these difficult conversations. Is is knowing where you want to go and thinking of it like a journey. And this is this is where we're starting. This is where we're ending. And these this is where we want to go through it. Do you ever like share that? Like, do you? Do you keep that internally or do you share that, hey, this is what I want as the result of this conversation. This is where I want to go with it. Do you share that with the other person or do you keep that more internally? I keep that more internally because when I have these conversations, these are conversations uh, with people I know. Um, and that, I mean, within the context of what we're talking about. And so to me, it feels a bit transactional now to do that. Now, here's the thing. If you are in a managerial position, you're overseeing someone and, you know, I, when you're having a, a discussion as a manager, as an executive, as a boss, whatever you want to call it with somebody who works for you or volunteers for you. And it's a bit more, um, of a hierarchical, uh, hierarchical situation, ontological work oriented situation. I think that it's okay to say, Hey, this is what I'm hoping to get out of it. Um, but, I think that when you're ha when you're with a personal friend and they really know you and or you're with a family member or somebody you do care about, um, you, you want it to try to flow as naturally as possible. And again, I, I give some tips on how to kind of keep it within the guardrails of, of not letting it the conversation veer off too far to the left or to the right. But um, I, I think that saying what you want ahead of time that probably works in more work oriented. Uh, conversations that are difficult, but not in personal. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes no. That makes perfect sense. 
And yeah, it's so important because whatever job you have, or even just in your personal life, like I think through marriage, right? It's full of difficult conversations. Life is full of difficult conversations. So knowing how to navigate through that, put in the prep time, pray, praying, and actually not just saying it, but actually doing it and going in with a plan to get to the end result. Um, I think that helps so many people because that's just so much less drama and less fights, right? Because you get rid of most of those distractions and you're able to have a real conversation. I, I would completely agree. And the more authentic we can get, the better. Um, and again, authenticity is not always measured by the length of the conversation, but by the willingness of you as an individual to not only open up your heart, but to be humble enough to listen to what the other person has to say. And many of the times just listen and not respond, or if they want you to respond, you can say, if you don't know what to say, you can say, I can please let me think about this or pray about it. Um, but just really listening and being fully invested in the moment. Um, I think that that, that is, that is key. It's not about length. It's about how invested you are and how much, um, you are thinking about others, uh, more than yourselves as the apostle Paul says in Philippians two. Caleb, that is so good. And I know that is just a sample of what we're going to get in Messy Truth, your brand new book. Uh, why don't you tell everybody when when does Messy Truth drop? It drops this week um, and where they can find it. Yeah, Tuesday, August 10th. Um, by the time this airs, it may have already dropped or not, but Tuesday, August 10th, uh, you can find it uh, wherever books are sold, uh, Amazon, Walmart, Target, Lifeway, ChristianBook.com, whatever. Uh, it's an ebook, paperback, Kindle, um, audiobook, Audible, all the above, um, and uh, uh, you, you can find out, you can pretty much read it in any format that you want. Is it you reading it on Audible? It is. I actually went in this morning, <laughs> as of the taping of when you and I are having this conversation, uh, near the end of July, I actually went in this morning for certain, where I had to reread some uh, sentences, because when you read a book, you, you realize how some words you wouldn't think are difficult to say when you're put on the spot are difficult. Like I was struggling with the word similarly. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I couldn't say that word. I actually had to practice. I'm like, I've never had to do this before, but <laughs> it's funny how you get stuck on just like one word like that. Yes. No, that's awesome. Because it's, I always love listening to a book when it's the actual author. I, I can't stand listening to a book on audible and it's just somebody else's voice, especially if you know right. the person. And I'm like, I know this is not your voice. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I have a kind of a unique voice. You would be able to tell real quick. Awesome. And Caleb, where can they find you on social media? Because I know you're always dropping just some incredible wisdom um, on your social media. Where can people find and follow you? So you can find me at um, uh, my social media kind of call sign is at Caleb Wilds, uh, W-I-L-D-S. That's my middle name. A lot of people don't know that, Caleb Wilds. Um, and then uh, my websites are uh, calebcaltonbach.com or messygracegroup.org. And then the church I serve at, Shepherd Church, is shepherdchurch.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today, Caleb. Thanks for having me. 